This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. There's no need to figure out how to be more productive on your own. I've done the research for you. I have a free gift. My top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. All you have to do to get them is to go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top 5 productivitytips.com get my top 5 productivity tips right now absolutely free top 5 productivitytips.com Scott Sunderland is a personal development trainer, an author, a motivational speaker, and CEO of a commercial construction company. His true passion is helping people learn how to utilize their own mind to create the life they dream of. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks Mark for having me. So excited to be here. Yeah, before we started recording, I made the mistake of we started talking about the topic, and I'm like, wait, whoa, the audience needs to hear this. So uh, that's why we hit record, and that's why we're having the conversation now so the audience can hear. So we're going to talk a lot about healing. We're going to talk about limiting beliefs because kind of life do you want? I mean, do you want a life that is, uh, I, I love using the analogy of Winnie the Pooh. I am Tigger, T-I-double-go-er, Winnie the Pooh, there's Piglet, there's Christopher Robin, then we have Eeyore. Oh, it's never going to work out, slow down, you know, just live life. And I I don't want to hang around Eeyores. I I don't want to associate with Eeyores. I don't want to follow Eeyores. (laughs) I want to follow the people who are excited about life. But before we get into the topic, I did read your introduction there. Is there anything else you wanted to add uh, for the benefit of the listeners so they know more about you? Yeah, sure. Um, in 2001, uh, I found myself paralyzed um, 100%. And wow. I, I had to overcome that or, or actually surrender to it, to whatever it was trying to tell me. And I just kind of let it happen. There wasn't really diagnosis or anything like that. There was eventually, but I knew in a way that I kind of created it because I was, you know, I was working incessantly. And all I kept thinking when I was working, I just wanted all the stress to go away. I wanted the clients to go away. I wanted everything to go away. I just wanted to go home and go to bed. And three months later, there I am laying in a bed. And I thought, hmm, I wonder if I created this. I wonder if I asked for this. And now it's showing up. So now what do I do? And then I I just came up with, well, if I created this for myself, then I can change it. So... This is the reboot of the computer. Let's start over and let's make this a great life. Let's really start from the nuts and bolts and assemble this thing the way it should have been assembled. And that's what leads me here. I am re-listening to Grant Cardone's book, Be Obsessed or Be Average. And I'm listening to chapter right now where he talks about naysayers and haters because you got to be careful who you are allowing to influence you because believe it or not we are being influenced by so many people all day long and you got to ask yourself is the the things the people the things the blog posts the books whatever are they encouraging you are they cheering you on towards your goals or are they saying hey whoa whoa whoa, whoa mm. slow down you don't have to work so hard why do you need so much money why are your dreams so big and i think that everyone listening to this conversation needs to stop and go who is in my inner circle are they mm. cheering me on or are they holding me back because mm. you know, we talk about the mindset a lot on the show we're going to talk about it the, on the show with you 
And you, that's something the individual has to deal with. You can't blame your mommy, your daddy, the government, the world. Your mindset is your responsibility, correct? Oh, 100%. And you said it. You know, you can't blame mom, dad. You can't blame your sister. You can't blame the government. You can't blame the president. You can't, but everybody does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and, and that's the pool that most people swim in. It's like, well, listen, why don't you come and swim in our pool of misery and we'll just sit there and, and pass the complain ball to each other. And, you know, but there's another pool. There's another pool where there's much, much fewer people. And those people are the ones that are saying, all right, before you get into this pool, you can't bring any of those other people with you because you're the one that has brought those people with you into that pool over there. So this is the time that you got to leave all of that. And you have to decide, who are you deciding for? You're deciding for one person. This is a very singular journey. But when you bring everybody else in, into the mix and say, oh, yeah, well, they say I can't. But them saying I can't doesn't mean that you can't. It it just you have to just say, wall up. I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm I'm going down this road. If you want to come with me, come with me. But otherwise, you have to do it for you. The thing we live in a guilt society. We live in a selfish society. Like, well, if you do for you, you're selfish. When actually it's the people that want you to do what they want you to do for them. So that's the definition of selfish. When in fact, when you go up and, and, and you go out and you become successful, money gets attracted to you. You create you know, the partner of your dreams. You, you create the life of your dreams. All that does is show the people that haven't been able to do it, it can be done. You can't be you know, poor enough to make somebody wealthy. You can't be ill enough to make somebody well. You have to go live your life, be the absolute example of what wealth, health, love is. It's so simple. We just have to redirect it re-perspective it. And then we have a clearer view. Simple. I think it's interesting. If you study the successful and wealthy people in our society globally, they don't play the blame game. They don't Mm -hmm. complain what they do. when they encounter a problem, they say, how can I solve this? Where most people go, oh, there's a roadblock. Oh my goodness. What am I going to do? Why is the world against me? Why are the, why is God against me? That's not how successful people think. So so when, let me ask you, listener, when you encounter an obstacle, I don't care what the obstacle is. Do you immediately go to the blame game or do you say, huh, this is a way uh, for me to learn something new. How can I come about this, uh, go about this article, uh, this obstacle. And I think it comes down to that. And those decisions maybe have to may be made multiple times throughout the day. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that has to become the new mindset. You know, I think as as parents in in the world we live today, you know, we had to overcome a lot of stuff. Most of us came from two working parents and and all that. We found ourselves alone a lot. And for me, I know that I had to I had to figure things out on my own. I've watched a lot of a lot of people now, parents They don't want their kids to have, they don't want them to fail. Mm -hmm. And one of the greatest gifts you can be given is the art of failure. 
And what the art of failure is, is to be able to fail at something and to realize that it is just one more thing that you're not going to do again. But it, it, only, it only encourages you to become, you know, to say, listen, I fell down. I don't need to wait for the government. I don't need to wait for my mom, my dad to come and pick me up. I can get up by myself. And if we train, if we teach, if we show our kids by example, not by telling them, they don't want to hear it. They do not want you to sit there and tell them what they should do. What they want is an example. And when we can give them the example of getting up and when people say, well, I just don't have enough money. First off, you're, you're continuing the belief of not having enough money. And when you say that, when you say that there's that feeling inside you, it's a chemical, a chemical gets released. And it's really interesting. You know, I have, I have stood in line at Walmart and you can feel this kind of desperation at the cash register because People that are shopping at Walmart are, you know, a lot of people that are trying to save and and watch what they spend and are afraid, do I have enough money? If you do the same thing at Saks Fifth Avenue, you don't necessarily have that. It's, It's more of an abundant kind of vibration or a feeling. So as you said, don't spend your time in the pool with the negative Nellies. Don't spend your time with the people that are, you know, they're trapped in that inequality. You know, I I can never achieve this. You want to reach. You always want to have the people that are above you and reaching up to them because they are where you want to go. You want a new car? Hang out with people who have the really nice cars that you want. And it it isn't the car that's going to make you. It's the feeling of abundance that you intrinsically hold that that's what makes it that. And it's a feeling. You connect to that feeling, abundant things come to you. It's so simple, Mark. It really is just that equation of feel it and it will come, but you have to believe it too. It's, a, it's the combination of the both. But to your point, when you're hanging out with those people that say, oh yeah, well that, you know, that rich guy over there, well, yeah, he probably deals drugs. He probably does this, you know, he's probably, you know, insider trading and all that. And, you know, we're, we're upholding, you know, people here, we're not going to break any laws. And clearly he's breaking all the laws because look at the wealth that he's, he's amassed. Right. And because it makes us feel good because we haven't done it. So there must be something wrong with the people who have, and we don't need to go there. And if you're hanging out with your buddies on the porch, you know, having a beer every night and thinking, oh yeah, well, that's good for them. That guy's out making money. He's, he's out looking for opportunities that fills him. It's not necessarily the money. It's the chase of the game. It's the feeling of the game. We all concentrate on the money and it, it really isn't it. It's the feeling of the accomplishment of the failing and getting back up right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's all of the inventors of our lifetime. You know, Steve Jobs, he got kicked out of his own company. He <laughs> built Apple. He got, he, they said, we don't want you here anymore. Leave. And he realized that was really one of the greatest moments of his life because it opened up a whole new challenge for him. Mm-hmm. So don't shy from the challenge. Step into the challenge. Don't shy from the fear of it. Step into the fear of it because that's where the gold is.
That's where the gold is. Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. You mentioned money, and in the book I referenced from Grant Cardone, Be Obsessed to Be Average, he says he likes to ask people, what is a lot of money to you? Oh, I don't know, $10 million, $100 million. And he goes, then why did you say the $55 steak last night was a lot of money? And when I heard that, I'm like, wow, isn't that interesting? We'll say $10 million is a lot of money, but then we'll complain about a $55 steak. And I remember I was out running at the time I heard this. I started smiling. I'm like, that makes so much sense. That makes total sense. We say this is a lot of money, but then we complain about how much something is in the restaurant. So this is something to think about. You mentioned drug dealing. And I remember reading a book from Tim Ferriss. As you can tell, listener, I read a lot. Mm. And he got tired trying to explain to people everything he does. He's he's an entrepreneur. He's an author. He's a guinea pig for medical science. He does all these things. And he just said, look, it, it's so hard to explain to people what I do. I just tell them a drug, I'm a drug dealer. It's easier. It's and easier. I, and then that's what, that's where, when you said that, it made me think about it. Cause sometimes yeah. like, and I'm an, I'm an entrepreneur. My, my parents don't understand your, what, what do you do? You you're on zoom calls all day. What? So I'm just, you know, I, I gave up trying to explain because there's certain age demographics like my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, they don't know what an entrepreneur is. They mm-hmm. grew up. You went to school, mm-hmm. got a job, retire and die. I reject mm-hmm. that. That Benefits. Um, <laughs> benefits, right? You want benefits. Yes. Yes. And, and it's funny. It's, uh, my wife and I go to this Bible study class, and I'm the only entrepreneur in the whole Bible study class. And it's my wife and I were 56. Most of the people in the class are like 60, 65. And they're always asking me, you know, what are you going to do? you know, how are you going to prepare for retirement? I'm like, well, why would I want to retire from something I love to do? That's the first thing. And then they'll go, well, yeah, but you don't have as much freedom as I have. I said, what do you mean? Well, like I can play golf whenever I want. I said, well, I don't like golf, but I can play golf whenever I want. I work for myself. I'm like, oh, well, I can go on vacation whenever I can't, whenever I want. So can I? They're like, wait, are you kidding me? I said, yeah. So I get to work doing what I love to do, serving the clients who love to serve. And I have ultimate freedom. So I don't like this whole retirement thing. It's just amazing. But I want to go back to something you said about failure, because I read something about a year or two ago that a lot of the Fortune 50, Fortune 100 companies are no longer interested in hiring MBAs. They want people who have failed. Have you failed? And how did you overcome that failure? Because what they found out is when you go into the market, if you just have an MBA and you've never failed, Mm -hmm. they're now thinking, What's going to happen the first time Johnny or Betty fails? Are they going to have a meltdown? Are they going to have to take six months off for therapy? So I think it's interesting. Even the corporate world is saying, hey, we want people who have failed and learned their lesson and recovered. I think that's fascinating. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, as owner of a construction company, there things are going to show up. Things are going to, you know, things are going to break. Things are going to get messed up. You know, I, I have, uh, a roofer a friend of mine, a big roofing company, he owned a very big roofing company. And he said, he says, you know what failure is when your guys go to a building and they start ripping the roof off and you realize that they went to the wrong one. <laughs> that that's, that's failure. Right. And then he said, but you know, listen, we survived it. And I always tell 
anybody that comes to work for me, it's like, listen, you're going to mess stuff up. You're going to mess it up. It's not, it's not the mess up. It's how you fix it. And my claim to fame was that I built a McDonald's and a whole entire McDonald's a foot too high, a foot too high. And I did not know this until it was completed. And somebody from the developer came out and he said, wow, this, the step up to the sidewalk to the McDonald's is way too high. And I said, oh, that's because they got to build, you know, the uh, parking lot up. And he said, no, he said, you're, you're, you're a foot too high. So what did they have to do? It costs a lot of money, but had to build the whole parking lot up, you know, a foot. So it is, but listen, it, 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 at that moment, it was the end of the world for me. My career's over. Um, who is going to call this person that builds McDonald's too high? And now it's like the greatest thing I get to tell people because (laughs) I achieved this even when I failed that big. I still got here. And when you realize that that failure really does kind of influence every other step you make, because I always have in the back of my head, how bad can it get? You build a building a foot too high and you're still here, right? And, you know, when you were talking about, you know, retirement, the difference with those people in the Bible study course is they had to work 65 years to, you know, be 65 till they got to do their day they wanted to. So what is that? I, I, and, and that's why I am so in agreement with this retirement thing. What is that? So I'm going to work all my life and really, you know, mangle my body, mangle my brain, you know, just lay it all out for somebody else to push me around kind of like a puppet. So when I get 65, I can then go where I want to. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. When you do what you love, you aren't making money. That money just comes to you because you're doing what you love to do. You're playing in the sandbox. And that is the goal. That's the purpose. Not to get the secure job with the benefits. Because trust me, I had all the friends with the parents that said, maybe you should be a mailman because they get really good benefits. And I'm like, yeah, but they got to work Saturdays. (laughs) I don't want to work Saturday. But my dad, he said the greatest words to me. And and he said, if you want to make money, work for yourself. Mm. It's just that simple. Don't listen to them. Do you. Step into your world because when you steer your ship, you're not along for the ride anymore. You're steering the ship. And that is so true. And I think we really need to be teaching ourselves. Forget about our kids. We need to teach ourselves that regardless whether it's your job, your career, your relationship, you have to steer your own ship. You have to own it. You have to own it all. When you were telling your story about building a McDonald's a foot too high, I remember seeing a video on TikTok. This woman was taking a video of a construction crew uh, that tearing down her porch because they had to rebuild her porch. And she goes, they got the wrong house, but I got a new porch. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. right. So, you know, she didn't stop them, you know, because yeah. look, you can't read the address. So they right. wound up giving her a brand new porch, which I thought was good for yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have knocked on the door first. You know what I mean? But she said they hey. didn't. They just came yeah. in with their construction pe- things and started tearing the porch apart. Well, yeah. I'm sure the uh, the owner of that construction company was not too happy because then he not had to go build the next door's uh, porch as well. Yep, yep. 
You mentioned before we started recording something called the Healing Blueprint. What is that all about? So I launched a course uh, just last month. And, you know, being on this journey that we all are on, this life, you know, um, and realizing what I did and healing myself uh, from, you know, the paralysis, people would always ask me, um, how did you do that? Because listen, I'm, I'm broken. I have, you know, name the condition, either um, um, I'm broke, I have no money, or I have a physical condition, or, you know, relationship. How have you created all these things for yourself? And I, and I really would go back and try to figure out what I did. Because we feel like we have to do all these things, you know, we have to fight cancer. We have to, you know, it, you have to search for your partner. You have to do when actually you just have to get out of the way. You mm -hmm. just have to get out of the way and you have to let it come. And, you know, with lack, lack is such a big one for so many people because when you surround yourself with people uh, and, and you're staring in the mirror at, at the major player in it and all those people are all saying, you know, I can't pay my bills or whatever. That that just goes into the mind and the mind says, oh, okay, we can't pay the bills. So mo mo no money's coming. Whereas you, when, you, when you step away from that and, and you start building a different perspective, building, building a different perspective, you don't just step into the new perspective. You have to build a new thinking process. You have to reboot the original operating system. Windows 1 doesn't work anymore. Windows 8, it's out. It's Some gone. would argue Windows 11 doesn't work, but that's a topic for another show. <laughs> right, right. I'm, I'm a Mac user and even I am Mac, too. you know? And it's, it's, it, it really is understanding that you have to constantly reboot this computer because it is the most powerful thing you will ever come across in your life. I mean, just think about it. When I was laying in that bed, and, and Mark, when I say I could not move, I mean, my eyelids, my eyelids didn't close. So when I was laying there and I would watch, you know, like my father, he would come in and he would complain about the traffic on the way over. And I'd be like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, I couldn't really talk. And I'm thinking in my head, are you serious? I, I was skiing six months ago. And now here I am in this lifeless body. And you're, I would give anything. You could chop my arm off right now for me to sit in traffic. I would love to be driving a car in traffic right now, right? Matter of perspective. So it, it is this idea of what your mind is doing, running this body of yours. There's trillions and trillions of cells. They're all communicating with each other. You, you know, you just get up and you walk across the room and you go in the kitchen and you open the freezer and you pull out ice cream and then you're sitting having, you know, ice cream with your daughter. And I would look at that and watch it and think, how are they doing this? Because I was disconnected from the operator. Mm. I, I wasn't that anymore to where when that started to come back wow i mean what a difference in what a difference a year made for me because then i realized you know here i am i have this power inside me that i kind of took for granted being able to move being able to move my hand and not think about it you know laying in bed snoring away scott's not he's he, he's totally clueless of what's happening in his body his heart's beating blood's pumping so what is doing that what is creating all those all those things happening in our body 
because it's not us. It's not this ego character, whatever you want to call it. It's not Scott. Scott is, is, is a mess. He's a mess. But this thing inside us is the thing that it's like, man, if we could connect to that and now, you know, all the ra- all the road down to quantum physics and mindfulness and all that. There is so much information out there today. Pick a book up. Understand what you are capable of. We just don't know. This is not archaic times anymore. This is not your grandfather's life. This is yours. There is so much out there for all of us because we are capable. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I love how you said we have to get out of our own way. It's something I I work with my clients all the time from optimum performance and productivity. And more often than not, they are in their own way. But you also mentioned self-talk. I can't pay the bills versus how can I pay the bills? We've got to get out of the can't. And we talked about this already, the blaming. So when you have problems, I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage. Instead of saying, oh my gosh, I can't pay the mortgage. I can't pay the tuition. I can't feed my family. Just change the wording. How can I pay my mortgage? How can I pay the tuition? How can I pay feed my family? You may say, Mark, it's just one word. But if you get into the mind that that can't shut your brain down. But if you say, how can I? Now your brain goes, oh, you want solutions. Then your brain will start coming solutions. So you and I get caught in this all the time. I'll say can't, don't. No, I got to stop saying those because what you say either verbally or you hear it in your mind, your brain's going to go, okay, Scott says he can't do this. He can't. But if mm-hmm. Scott says, how can I? Now the mm-hmm. brain's going to is going to present you with solutions. So just a small tweak, and I, I'm sure you'd agree with that. Oh, absolutely. But in, in your point earlier with, you know, it depends on what pool you're in. If you're in the pool with the complainers, then you're just throwing this ball around that is just covered with snot and dirt mm-hmm. and mud. and you know, instead of a good clean ball. And and every time you throw that dirt ball, you know, with the mud all over it, the mud gets spattered on the other person. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, well, look at me. You threw all this mud on me. And and you're sitting there, well, don't catch the ball. Why did you even get in the way of it? Right. And so that's why we gotta get we gotta get out of that pool because it just begets lack. When somebody thinks lack and they're around other people and they complain, well, there's nothing that we can do. You know, you know, it doesn't, it's the government that's destroying us and all that. Well, then just, just control what you can control. Live in your small little world, live in your little world and just work on that. Just start making that more beautiful because it is like a pair of sunglasses. If you get a real cheap pair of of sunglasses at the local 7-Eleven or the local, you know, dollar store, they're going to look a lot different if, mm-hmm. if you get a expensive pair of Maui gyms mm-hmm. and you look at a palm tree with an expensive pair of Maui gyms, the color just explodes where those other ones, it's the, it's the vision. It's how we see things. So you, you put different glasses on and your world just opens up. But in order to do that, 
you got to move away from the people that just keep going to the dollar store and keep getting the cheap sunglasses. Yeah. A prime example is when this pandemic hit, you know, a lot of people freaked out. And I'm like, Mm. I've been working from home since 2005. Okay. Mm. So I didn't miss a beat. I just kept Mm. doing my thing. But people, Mm. they, they made the mistake of watching the news all day long. What do you think that did to your mindset? Mm-hmm. The world's going to end. We're all going to turn into zombies. We're going to start eating each other. It's like, no, I just kept serving people. Yes, I lost clients. Everyone lost clients. Mm-hmm. But I just kept serving people and serving people and serving people. Because what am I going to do? I had two alternatives. Keep on serving people or blame and complain. And mm-hmm. I chose the road I believe less traveled. I chose mm-hmm. the one that says, look at this pandemic's here. It's real. Okay. So mm-hmm. I can either dwell in the pandemic pool or I can deal in the servant pool. And I decided to dwell in the servant pool. And my life is so much better, not just so much more clients, but I feel great because I did not get in the pandemic paranoia pool. I'm not saying there's mm-hmm. not a pandemic. I'm saying I didn't want to go watch ABC, NBC, CBS, MSNBC, CNN all day long and get filled with that, like you said, snot covered ball. I wanted to go in the pool and say, hey, listen, the pandemic's here. Let me serve people. And I could tell you as a result of doing that, I feel so great. Mm. Yeah, that was I mean, honestly, it was one of the greatest times of my life. Honestly, because it was, I didn't, I don't call it a pandemic of, you know, COVID or whatever. I call it a pandemic of fear mm. because fear really is, it's the, it's the one man. It, if, if you are constantly on the, on the savannah waiting and you're a antelope and you're waiting for a lion to come and attack you and you're constantly on the lookout, you, how do you enjoy your life? How do you even eat? you know, because there's no lions for miles and miles and miles, but every, all the other antelope are living their lives. They're out there, they're grazing, they're hanging out, but there you are hunkered down looking for the lions waiting for them to attack. And eventually they're going to come, they're going to come and attack you because you're exhausted. Your, your body has been so heightened and so stressed. And that's exactly what happened during this. It's, it's extremely, it's, it's funny, not funny, but all the friends that I had and, and, you know, workers, guys that worked for me, I would, I got on the phone with them. I'm like, listen, don't buy in, just do your job. Just be happy, put the radio on and just go, you know, you're going to prepare. You're going to do all the things, but do not, don't go home, start watching news. Don't do that. Don't do that. And the guys that did and the friends that did and said, oh, I'm scared to death of this thing. They got it. Mm-hmm. But the other people, you know, uh, my wife and I, she, um, right before shutdown, we lived in Pennsylvania and she said, it, it's, you know, it's the February. I don't want to be here in this freezing cold. I just want to get into sunshine for three days. So I booked two airline tickets. We're going down to Florida. We're going to spend three days. We were there for four months. We never came home through any of it. And it was such an eye opener to me to, and, and, you know, oh, and we got a lot of flack. Well, you're, you know, down in, you know, you know, Florida, which is kind of like everybody looked at it, like, you know, the redheaded stepchild, no one wants to, you know, but the people that came here, we were free and we weren't sitting inside and, and watching news. We were sitting in the sunshine. Uh We were driving around in boats. We were sitting out on the beach. We were doing things to, live our life in, in happiness and not fear. And 
honestly, it really is the fear that it it so is is the ultimate lower of your um, immune system. That that is the stress. That man, it just wreaks havoc. So it's to be happy is the ultimate. You know that thing that will fight that off, fight that infection off is actual happiness. So yeah, I I agree with you a hundred percent on there. I'm not a scientist, but I think if you focus on not getting COVID, like you talked about uh, Savannah, you're probably going to get it. I'm not saying you're guaranteed to get it, but if you're stressed over it. Uh, you're stressed to the boogeyman. So I don't, I don't, I keep all the lights on in my house because the boogeyman be here. Then the boogeyman's probably going to come because you're stressed about it because now that's all you're thinking about. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Beach Boys had it right. Don't, no, not the Beach Boys. Who said, don't worry, be happy? I can't think of the guy's name. Um, oh, um, uh, I can see it, but I can't. Right. Um, Bob. Bobby McFerrin. That's who it is. Bobby Bobby McFerrin. Don't worry. So that that's true today. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Don't watch the news. Okay. Believe me. If, if something happens and the entire population is going to die in a week, somebody will tell you. Okay. So mm-hmm. t- don't worry about it. So mm-hmm. Scott, this has been a great conversation with you and I know people are going to want to know more about you. So where can they go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Sure. You can go to uh, my website. It is thefreedomproject222.com. Um, and that that really leads you to all things me and, you know, what, what I'm up to and uh, how I, you know, help people transform their lives and to get out of these ruts, whether, again, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, um, you know, monetary, I mean, because that leads to all that, right? Not having enough, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all, it just all leads to not having enough. And um, yeah, so that's the best way. Excellent. Well, thank you for being on the show today. It was a pleasure hearing you share your insights and your story. And I know the listener got a lot of it because I got a lot of it. So thank you for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. I am so thankful that you listened to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. You are why I do the show. And I know you have a quadrillion different options that you could have spent your time with today, but you chose this episode. And I want to honor you. I want to thank you because you really do make me want to do this show as often as I do it. I have a free gift for you. My top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. All you have to do to get it is go to top five productivity tips.com top five productivity tips.com. Pick up my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs today. It's my gift to you And until we meet again next time, my friend, thank you again for your time and attention. Now take what you learned on the show and go apply it to your life.